0: As the kids are going to their classes, if you would, would you just extend your hands toward me? Um, We just want to start this right. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and anoint uh, the things that I'm bringing today, that they would be your words, and that you would fashion and style them to my personality. And um, we pray that uh, nobody in here would get bored, including me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me pull out my uh, slide controller here. All right, um, we are starting. I haven't started it yet, so if you're wondering what's going on in the back there, I, I have it, but I'm, I'm not going to push play yet. Uh, uh, <coughs> i guess i did push play all right um we have been doing uh, a series uh starting at the new year called fire fish bread and um, aaron has done a, a great job of that we've had several just just real highlight times uh here recently a few weeks ago um they did the tables with the bread, and I just heard so many testimonies about how powerful that was. And if you weren't here, basically, we did a 21-day fast and ended it with everybody in here sitting at circular tables and breaking bread together and sharing things with each other, and it was, it was a powerful time of community. And then last week, um, Aaron uh, came in. We'd been building up to this. Um, Aaron came in, and he brought um, fire basically, and I don't know if you were there for that, but he brought this, and, and this was kind of the theme, the word uh, that we went with from Leviticus Leviticus 6.13, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all the time, it must not go out, and that's what we're pressing into, so if you were here last week, Aaron preached an amazing message, but that's probably not what you you remember as much as what happened at the end, which was just basically, we were immersing ourselves in what God was doing, and we I don't know how long we 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 worshiped here. It felt it felt like at least forty five minutes to me. I don't know if anybody kept time, but we were we were here hanging out, just letting God do, just adoring God, letting him do what he was going to do. and it was it was amazing. It was is quite impactful. And so, I tend to think, though, in categories. That's the way my brain organizes things. So when I eat M&Ms, I sort them. Anybody else in that boat? Like, I like to have my M&Ms. Now that makes sense with Skittles, because they have different flavors, but M&Ms, it should not matter, because the color's different, but they all taste the same. But when I get down to the end, I save the brown and oranges for last, because Cleveland, browns. Yes. Yes. So anyways, I was thinking about um, what happened last week, and it occurred to me that not everyone had the same experience, and this happens all the time in Scripture, Um, but not everybody maybe even had an enjoyable experience last week. Now, that may be hard to believe, but I've been through times where it seemed like everybody else was enjoying it, and I was not connecting, so... I have a real heart for people that I want everybody to come in and get get a hold of this, get a hold of what's going on. So let um, let me tell you, I think as it relates to what happened last week, I want to talk about five different groups of people that might have had this experience, different experience last week. And so the first two groups I'm going to talk about at the same time because they very closely relate to each other. And that's why I wanted to have slides, because you may lose track if, if I don't. So the first two groups of people that might have been uh, involved last week are the people who were seeking an encounter and got it, and then the people who were seeking an encounter and were disappointed. I've been in both camps. And um, I want to ask you something. This is not a trick question. This is just something for you to think about. Is God fair? What do you think? Is God fair? I think Scripture would support. Yeah, I think that would support it. So here, here's our Scripture. Go with that. God shows no for God shows no partiality Romans two eleven, and so. God is fair. But does God treat everyone the same? No, he doesn't. Now, I'm trying to convince my kids of this still, and and two of them are grown up and out of the house, but fair and treating the same is not the same thing. And here's something that blows my mind when I think about it. When Jesus, in the three years of ministry, walked the earth, he didn't treat all of his apostles exactly the same. He really didn't do things the way that I would have done it. There were three apostles that got more time with him, more favoritism that it seemed like, more attention from him than the others did. Specifically, Scripture talks about three instances that James, John, and Peter were involved in that the others were not. One of them, one of the instances, just so you know, was the transfiguration when when Jesus goes up on the mountain and is shown in his glory and, and and God tells, you know, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased, and it's it's this amazing mountaintop experience, but only three of them got to be there for that. That seems a little unfair to me. But God's fair, so it must be fair. The other one another one was um when Jesus raised uh Jerry's daughter, he left everybody else out of the house but the parents and James, Peter, and John who were going to see this little girl raised from the dead. The other nine had to wait outside. That, if I was one of those nine, I would have been kind of, I would, like, I would have had an issue with that. You know, The Bible doesn't say they did, but that would have bothered me, right? And then the last one where the three are specifically together um, is in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus is getting ready to pay the, his, the, the sacrifice and he is travailing, and Jesus calls these three guys, James, Peter, and John, to be specifically with him to pray, and they fall asleep. They don't even do a good job of it. And they got this special attention, and they don't even do it that well. And I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, if I was doing this on those three instances, and, and the Bible doesn't really specify any other instances where there, where there were people singled out like that. I would have said, well, there are 12 apostles. Let's do four in one, four in another, four in another. That's fair, right? So maybe, you know, Matthew and Thomas and Judas and Bartholomew could come to one of them so that that would be fair. That's not how Jesus thought. And Jesus didn't seem to care that that, that was going to be an issue. He did, it didn't seem to bother him that some of them would, would be there. And then I think about one of the apostles named Andrew. This might be the hardest one for me to swallow. This is in John 1, 40-42. It says, One of the two who heard John speak, that's talking about John the Baptist, so, so Andrew was, was a, a follower of, of uh, John the Baptist before he followed Jesus, and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him we have found the Messiah which means Christ he brought him to Jesus Jesus looked at him and said you are Simon the son of John you shall be called Cephas which means Peter which means rock Okay. now here's the problem I have with that every almost most of the time you see Andrew in scripture it says Peter's brother when you see Peter in scripture it never says Andrew's brother I think Andrew got ripped off there. He was—he met him first. Like he got to know Jesus first and he just brought Peter and to, to Jesus and Jesus singles Peter out. I would have felt pretty ripped off if I was in that situation. If you're honest, you probably would have too. Now it doesn't say, all I can tell from what scripture is that it worked out. It all worked out in the end. But I want to ask you, how can this work if some people get some things and others don't how could that work well I would say one of the things that happened after Jesus left after, after he was crucified and resurrected was that everybody started sharing with each other and so the ones that spent time with him more gave what they got they didn't hold it to themselves they didn't say we're just the special people they gave what they had. So I want to say if you got something last week, recognize there may be people that didn't get the same level you did, share. Share that's that is how we come and make this so that so that God is fair. We are part of the instruments of that. <clears throat> the other thing is try to be thankful for where you are. There were nine guys standing outside when the little girl was raised from the dead. And there were millions of people that weren't even nearby. I mean, they, they got to be there. They got to be close. They heard the firsthand accounts and the stories. And so if you were in here last week and you're like, I'm not sure that I connected the way that others did, you were here, though. You were here, and God is doing something. And... Um, I'm willing to bet, if we trust that God is good, that the other apostles were better off because Jesus took James, Peter, and John to be with him instead of the other ones. I would say that probably Matthew and Bartholomew, if they could see the big picture, would know that it would be best if James, Peter, and John go with Jesus. Now, in that moment, it might be hard to believe, but I don't think they're looking back from eternity right now and thinking, dang, why did did we not get to spend time with Jesus then? I think they're probably sitting with Jesus and saying, yeah, that was actually the right thing to do. I didn't necessarily like it at the time, but that was actually the right thing to do because we grew because you, you poured into them and it was something that we needed for later on. And so those who might have been here last week and are like, I'm not feeling it. I don't know why I'd even want to stick around for an extra 45 minutes. Holy Spirit's manifesting in me in a spirit of boredom. <laughs> for those of you who are, are in that situation, I do want to say, recognize that God is doing something. Even if you're not feeling it at that time, even if you're, you're feeling like everybody else is getting this. I've told my story before about how this happened to me, but I'm going to tell it again. I'll try to be fairly concise, because not everybody's heard it, and I feel like it illustrates the point so well. Back in 2003, a couple of decades ago, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago to me, but when you hear that, when you hear 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, that's a pretty long time ago. I was getting exposed to Holy Spirit actually doing stuff. And a group of us wanted to go on a, an international ministry trip with an organization called Global Awakening run by Randy Clark, who was instrumental in the Toronto Revival. So we picked a trip to go to Brazil, and we were there with all kinds of anticipation. We're hearing stories of people getting healed, but not just people getting healed, people getting touched, maybe falling to the floor, maybe shaking, having some encounter with God, going home, And all of a sudden, they have this healing ministry that they didn't have when they started. And we're telling these stories. Remember, this is 20 years ago. I I didn't always have this gray hair. I earned it, but I didn't have as much then. And we're excited. We're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to go. Something amazing is going to happen. We're going to come back, and and it's just going to be like blow-up revival in Ohio, and we're going to put Ohio on the map. And so we go there and, you know, we're praying for people and we're actually seeing some healings. It took me a while to even believe that when people said they were healed that I prayed for, that they really were because it, was, it just it went past my intellect. I could not fathom that all I did was, was pray a prayer and God actually healed them, but it happened over and over again. Well, we got to this point where we were <coughs> speaking to some leaders uh, of one of the churches, and this guy named Bill Johnson was there. And I had not—I'd heard a little bit of him beforehand. He had just, like, just a few months before written his first book, called "When Heaven Invades Earth." And um, this guy—I've never seen—I'd never seen anything like like him. He's telling a story about when he was really first experiencing Holy Spirit, and he was laying in bed one night, and it was like Holy Spirit started taking control of his body and started shaking uncontrollably. And this, he's like, this is something I've been praying for to encounter the Holy Spirit like this. But then at the same time, he had these images pop through his head of what if this happens when I'm out in the grocery store? <laughs> what if this happens when I'm speaking? What if I lose control? And and he had the, the, the initial thought, you know, what do I what would I do then? And Jesus he felt Jesus spoke to, speak to him and he said, Would you take me, would you, would you trade your dignity for me? Would that be worth it? And at that point he just said, I will trade anything you want, just give me more of you. Whatever you want. And if you follow his ministry, you know that he's just gone after more. Well, when he told me that story, I had this thought pop in my head. And you know how you have a thought initially, and you're like, oh, that's God. And then you look back later, and you think, was that God for sure? I really felt like it was then, but then it got hard. Well, I had this thought that came in my head that I felt like God was saying to me, Josh, would you follow me? Would you continue to follow me if you didn't have an experience like that? Would you still follow me? Well, what do you say when God asks you a question like that? Of course, God, I'll follow you. I said it, and I, I felt good about it, and I forgot it. And then we went and prayed for people, and like I would lay hands on people and they'd start falling down and it's blowing my mind and, and and shaking and all of this stuff. And this is if this is too much for you, hey, don't worry. it's it's just get the find the points in this that you can go home with, okay? But so anyways, we do this. It's an amazing experience. And then later, I think it was that night, might have been another night, um, Randy has, Randy Clark has one, he calls an impartation service, and that's just for the team who was there, and we were a small team for what he normally does. We were like maybe 20, 25 people, and basically they have people tell stories of what happened when they had hands laid on them, the Holy Spirit was imparted to them, and, you know they started shaking, they started falling down, whatever, and they had this amazing encounter with God, and they were never the same afterwards, and they had maybe some kind of ministry or something like that. So, you know, there's 20, 25 of us standing up, and we're all standing there, and Bill Johnson's there, and Randy Clark, and Danny Silk's there, and several other people that, that I am now familiar with. And they're, you know, like, we're excited. They're laying hands on people, and I, like, there's this tiny little young woman there that they lay hands on and like she backpedals flying back knocks over several rows of chairs I'm like whoa what's going on here and my friend Brian is in front of me and um I'm like if this happens to Brian I know it's legit because Brian is like the rock of Gibraltar if he is he is not going to fall over unless it's God so he um I can't remember which one laid hands on him. They lay hands on him, and he turns around, and he has the weirdest look on his face, looks back at me, and falls over. I'm like, oh, man, this is real. So there's my other friend, Chad, is standing next to me, and we're standing there. We're excited about this. Randy comes up, lays a hand on me, nothing. Bill comes up, lays a hand on me, nothing. Other people, Tom Jones, there was one of their ministry guides, Danny Silk, different people. I'm, the, the longer I'm there, the more irritated I'm getting. My friend Eddie's up front, and he's like shaking on the floor, this weird shake, and I'm like, nothing. When everything's said and done, everybody's on the floor, but me and my friend Chad. I'm so glad Chad was standing too, because if it was just me, that would have been really hard to handle. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I am heartbroken. I'm like, why did everybody else get something here? And I didn't. Am I broken? I came in. I thought I had good motives. I thought I was as clean as I could be. What is going on here, God? And so we're riding the bus because we're ministering that night. I'm not in the mood to pray for people that night. I am not feeling like it. And so as I'm riding the bus there, God goes, well, you said it'd be okay. I'm like, oh, dang. (laughs) I forgot about that. So I started talking to my friend, Eddie, who was flopping around. I'm trying to make peace with it. And I'm like, so what happened? He's like, oh, not much. I just started shaking, but God didn't talk to me. And I'm like, I'm jealous of you because you fell down, but you're jealous of what I got because he was speaking to me the whole time. And what happens is we will overlook what God is doing because we're expecting him to move in a certain way that we see him doing in other people. We have to take what he gives us and run with that. Now, I'll tell you, you think I would learn that lesson, but it's been over 20 years now, and this is a battle I still fight. Here's, a, here's something I wrote on my laptop. This was in 2019. So this was just a few years ago, a lot closer to this time than, than 20, or 2003. Aaron and Nicole and Angie and I went to um, Upper Room Dallas, and it just so happened that Josh and Lydia were there at the same time we hung out a little bit. So uh, Peter Lewis was speaking, and like a similar thing, like it's a holy moment, and I'm feeling nothing. I'm looking around, people are in tears, things are happening. I'm like, God, this is really getting old. This is really getting old. This is what I wrote. I wrote down, as I sit in a room full of people manifesting Jesus, I can start to feel discontented, but then I let him remind me that I agreed to this. If he doesn't teach me in the way he teaches others, I will still follow him. I don't understand why this is for me, but I don't want to let go of it if he has it for me. Just when you think heaven is evading earth, you find out he has invaded. I'm going to write a book eventually called When Heaven Evades Earth. (laughs) I have too much experience in that what I found out though more often and this is true and I don't want to say this hear hear the whole thing of what I have to say in this a lot of times all the time when we're in a situation and we're not feeling God show up it does have something to do with us but everybody has issues God's showing up with other people and they have issues too it's not like they were it's not like my issues were worse than the other people that God was manifesting in And so I have a choice that it can be an opportunity that I can either get down on myself or irritated at God, or I can just get curious. And I can say, okay, God, what's going on? What are you doing? I know you're here. I'm just going to trust that you're doing something. It'd be really awesome if I could feel it. But even if I don't, what are you doing right now? So if you're in an experience Where everyone else is feeling it but you're not I do have some suggestions for you Just acknowledge God's here Even if you don't feel him And find something to tell him thank you for Like just find something you can thank him for Not spending a bunch of time as Why not me God Or why are you not doing this What can I say thank you for Alright so That's two categories I told you I had five All right, so here's the next one the The third one is people who didn't want to encounter God and didn't get it they got what they wanted because this was too weird for them this was just like it was stretching too far and t- trust me I get it I saw some things when, when I first started this that, that I'm like I don't know if that's God or not and it's okay to come in and have that conversation so I got I don't know how many of you were here and heard, but Ty Morgan last week was having this laughter bout. Now, I'm telling you, if you came in here and you had you, never seen something like that, that would be really uncomfortable. I'm sure for some of you that was really awkward and odd. If I was making a list of people in this room of whom I might see that happen to, Ty would have been at the lower end of that list. Right, like I was not thinking I would see that happen to Ty. There are people in here that it would not surprise me at all that I could say toothpaste and all of a sudden they'd start laughing in the Holy Spirit. But Ty is not one of those people. And so as it was happening to to him, I was thinking, man, that's really cool. But if you've never seen anything like that, you can feel like, um, how soon can I get out of here? This is a really weird place. And so, um, I do want to say that sometimes when Holy Spirit starts doing things in people, it gets weird and messy. And there are things that come up that you're like, oh, I liked it cleaner and organized before. And that is part of the price that we've chosen to pay as a church, is we will err on that side of things, okay? Okay. And if you don't like that, that's okay. We're not judging. There are churches that would rather err on the other side, and there's, there's health in that too, right? But we're just saying that we want, to, we want to trust and take the chance that it might not be God because there's a chance that it might be. And we each individually discern that for ourselves and what he's doing. Honestly, I can't tell most of the time when I see some of these things happening. I can't tell if it's Holy Spirit, a demon, or just somebody who just really wants it to be Holy Spirit so they're acting that way just because they really want something to happen I I honestly can't tell and I don't want to judge what that is I don't want to worry too much about what's going on in them honestly if I've I've heard it said and and, and I think it's true if you're not the, the, the time when you should fall is when you can't stand that's a good time to fall Right? There's no pressure that you have to perform, that you have to do anything. Just come expecting him to do something and see what he's going to do. Just, just let him show you. And just work on your connection to Jesus. You can feel like, well, am I supposed to look like that, or that's too much for me, or whatever. Just work on your connection to Jesus. Let him do what he wants to do in you. And think less about the manifestations of what, what's happening, what it looks like hold on to Jesus when it gets uncomfortable. Just hold on to him. There's a a scripture that that I love to go with that talks about that. Um, When um, Jesus has done a bunch of miracles and amazing teaching and and all of that kind of stuff, then he comes to to the people and he says, alright, now I want you to uh, eat my body and drink my blood. And he gives no explanation of he just says eat my body drink my blood now we know now we're talking about communion but they didn't all they hear is what kind of cult is he starting now and the only ones that hung around were the apostles and this is uh this is where i want to pick up this is john 6 68 and 69 Jesus says, are you guys going to leave too? And this is how Peter responds. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. There are times, like, I'd love to run away, but where am I going to (laughs) go? Like, if I've settled that, that he has words of life, when it gets uncomfortable, when there are times that I'm going through something... Then I'm like, God, I don't get this, but you are God. Hang, I'll hang on to that just the way the apostles did because I don't understand what's going on. It doesn't make sense what you're doing. This actually goes against my theology a little bit, but if I know that I'm following you and not manifestations, not what it looks like, not what fire is supposed to be, fire's what he makes it in you. But if I will just go after Jesus, if I'll look into the word, where is he if I look into what he's doing in my life I'll hang on and I'll be okay so there's a fourth category of people I want to talk about and I don't know if there are any of these that were here but this the fourth one is there are people that didn't want an encounter but they got one anyhow you showed up and maybe you were cynical maybe you didn't even want to be here i don't know if if anybody's had that experience but the bible does talk about those experiences and i i know that um angie even mentioned this in transition today about god being a gentleman yeah but (laughs) he is but there are some people that might like to contend with that (laughs) So th- let me read to you, uh, this is about the conversion of Paul, from Saul to Paul. Acts 9, 1 through 9. Now, keep in mind, Saul, who, who later is called Paul, he's been persecuting the church. He, he's been finding ways to kill Christians, right? And so he is going in the complete opposite direction, thinking he's doing a good thing for God because he's a good Jew, But he thinks that he's exterminating the sect that is leading people astray. Starting verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that he found any belonging to the way. Now the way is Christians. That's what they called Christians then men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So he's wanting to arrest people for following Jesus. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and with his eye, or ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. He didn't necessarily want this to happen, but God just showed up. Right? And so, honestly... If this was you, I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> I, I would love, and, and maybe it didn't happen last week or, or, or before that, but there may have been times where you felt like, you know, God was just saying, "This is the way it is, son. You, you're just going to do this." And um, a recommendation that I have is, I don't recommend fighting it. If if God is doing something in you and you didn't ask for it, it's God. I mean, good luck on that fight. And the second recommendation that I would say is just hold on for dear life. (laughs) Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Hold on for dear life and let him go. Now, there is one other group that you're probably scratching your head and wondering, okay, ones that wanted it and got it, wanted it and didn't get it, ones that didn't want it and got it, and the ones that didn't want it and didn't get it. What's the last one? Well, the last group is the people who weren't here. Right, There is something always happening, and I don't know, the week uh, I don't know how many of you were here when they did the bread with the tables and, and they, they had that special group. I heard people rave about how amazing it was, how connecting it was. Well, I was teaching three hours north at my parents' church that Sunday, and I was not here for that. And I don't know what you guys were doing, because Jesus was there. So I don't know what you guys were probably faking it here or something No um, I I, I Recognize wow I did miss something because I wasn't here And you know that was that time of connecting and so there will be people In fact Aaron and Nicole are out Conquering volleyball today, so they're missing hearing the glory of me speaking here live Pray for them Pray for them that God will redeem that But there is some precedence in Scripture for what you do when people just aren't there to be a part of it. You know, Paul wasn't there for any of Jesus' three years of ministry, and it still worked out okay for him. Now, I know he got martyred in the end, so you're like, did it really? Yes, it did really work out okay. It really did. There's um, a Scripture that I want to I mention. Um, this happened, this is a story about David and the Malachites. And what happens in the, in the story is, I'll give you the overview and I'll read a, a few pieces of it. What happens um, in the story is King David, um, he's leading a, a group of, of men and, and their camp is raided by the Malachites their women and children are captured, they're, they're plundered, and they come back to find that everything's gone. And so the um, the men initially are like, oh, let's kill David. Like, that's going to help get everything back, but that's their thinking. You blame the leader. And um, finally, David goes and he strengthens himself in the Lord, and then he's, and he asks the Lord, what do we do? And, he's, and the Lord's like, go get them back. Go get them back. And so as they're going, uh, it's this amazing battle. I would really highly recommend you you read it. This is uh, in 1 Samuel 30. But this is a piece I want you to recognize in verse 10. But David pursued he and 400 men. 200 stayed behind who were too exhausted to cross the brook Besor. So there were 400 that went with David to go get everything back. And 200 were just too exhausted. Now, the scripture's not critical of them. They, they had come to their limit. So they weren't there for what was going to happen. Pick up in, uh, so they, they finally, they go through and they have this amazing victory. David and these 400 guys, they get everything back and they, they plunder the Malachites. And it's this awesome victory. They come back to their original camp where the 200 still are that were too exhausted to go with them. And this is what that says. First Samuel 30, verse, starting with verse 22. Then all the wicked and worthless fellows among the men who had gone with David said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil we have received, except that each may lead away his wife and children and depart. So, If you want to be a wicked and worthless fellow, don't share anything that you just won because other people were too exhausted to be there. And they thought they were doing them a favor because, like, well, you can get your wife and kids back, right? But David said, You shall not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us. He has preserved us and given into our hand the band that comes against us. Who would listen to you in this matter? For as his share is, who goes down into the battle, so shall his share be, who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. When we get a victory, it's not just for us. I heard a story way back, I don't even know who told it or where it was, but I like it, because God one day told uh, a Pentecostal pastor, he said, To him, I'm sending revival to your city. And the pastor was like, that's amazing. I love it. He said, yeah, I'm sending to the Baptist church down the street. And he's like, oh, dang. And then he realized it was God. And he's like, okay, we're going to go help them with the revival that's going to happen. And so they went to this Baptist church and helped. And and the the pastor at this Baptist church was so grateful. He's like, we're so overwhelmed because God's doing so much, but we can't handle it. Thank you so much for being a part of that when God gets a victory and breakthrough, yes, of course, we love being the first to get there. I mean, who doesn't? But it's not a race against each other. It's a race against time. It's a a race for us to come together to victory, right? And so whatever happens, whether I, of course I want to be the first in line. But if you get there, I want to celebrate as loud as anybody else. If you get a breakthrough, I want to be cheering that on because I know that your breakthrough covers me as well. It's not just for you. And I want to live that way too. If I get there first, I don't want to hoard it to myself. I want to share that with you as I go on. All right. Um, So I'm going to give you a few final tips that will kind of help you with this to kind of wrap everything up with a nice little bow here. The first tip is be honest. God's not shocked if this is a struggle, whether it's like, this is weird, or I'm not getting what I wanted, like, you don't have to push it down and pretend, well, I should just be thankful, yes, be thankful, but also be honest, tell him, this is painful, this is uncomfortable, this is hard for me, talk to him about it, you can be honest with him, tell him what you're going through, it's okay and that that actually when you reveal that and you let him process that with you in a way that you're not saying demanding anything you know be careful about asking the question god why cuz usually you don't really want to know why you just are saying god i disagree with you but go to him and say god what do i need i'm hurting here i don't understand when my kids ask why i know that they don't really want to know why, because no explanation fixes it. They just want me to change my mind. That's what why means when you ask God why. Okay. The next one is believe in God even if you don't feel Him. Like, settle that. Now, there is an issue, like, you can, you know, there is deception on feelings. Feelings can deceive you but lack of feelings is not good either that can deceive you as well you know in in my marriage I don't want to be just led by feelings when I don't feel like being a good husband is not that shouldn't matter what's that have to do with it at the same time if I never feel anything we've got something broken there's something going on and so believe in God even if you don't feel him do what you would do if you were feeling him right like worship him in that way I have um, a few scriptures. I, I do my daily Bible reading a few chapters a day, and then I have a few scriptures that I read over and over again every day. I've divided Romans 8 into seven sections, so I can do one section every day a week. This is one of the sections that I really like. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord if I will settle that that he loves me that he loves me he doesn't have to prove it it says it right there he proved it with Jesus already I don't need more evidence than that if I will settle that it will help me deal with disappointment and other things that I don't understand why they're going that way the third thing Share what you get. Think outside of yourself. What we get in here should translate out here. I don't think it's a coincidence that Steve uh, Bowen had the uh, Valentine's bags for us to hand out after we were having all of these wonderful things because it created opportunities for us to reach out and share with other people out of the overflow of what God's pouring into us. I don't know about um, about you guys, but um, I had some pretty amazing experiences this week, and I think is directly connected. More on that in a second. The fourth thing is don't judge your connection to God by a one-time experience. If you really got something out of it, that's great, but it better not stop there. If you didn't feel anything, that it doesn't mean that you don't have a relationship with God. In fact, what we're really looking at is what comes after. If you have this amazing God experience, what's the fruit? What, what changed in you? You might have had a real vanilla God experience, but you're out changing the world. That's more important. Here's the, the other, one of the other scriptures I read every morning. This one I do every morning. Galatians 5:22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. I'm looking for those things to manifest in my life more than I am falling down, shaking, any of those other things. If those things are manifesting as a result of what God did, how he touched me, then good. If those things aren't coming out of what I say, God, I'm questioning, did I really have a touch from God? Was that really him coming into my life? I have, since last week, I didn't feel much, honestly. I laid there for a long time, kind of just waiting. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a bad attitude this time. I just didn't feel that much. But this is what happened in my week. Now, I, for those of you who don't know, I drive Uber when I'm not pastoring here. I had multiple people that I prayed for this week for healing. And one guy I wasn't even going to pray for, he gets in the car and he's like, You're the pastor, aren't you? Now, I don't advertise this a lot. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm having some kind of an impact. I, I didn't even realize it. And, and probably the biggest one was um, after the, the Band of Brothers men's group that meets here that I come to on Tuesday mornings at 11. Afterwards, I often will go out and drive for a little bit before I go home. And um, I got a call all the way up in Piqua. I rarely go up to Piqua on an Uber ride. But when you're here, that's probably the most likely time you'll ever get one. So I picked up this young woman, and she was going to the bank, and she said she was like upset. And then she saw um, that I had one of those tokens that you get and celebrate recovery, because not that I've been in recovery, but James asked me to speak one one week, and they give you the coin for your first time. So I put it on my my gear shifter, and she's like, "Oh, are you in recovery?" I said, "Well, not really. I just spoke at one once." And she's like, "Oh, I am, and I've had this really tough time." Somebody called my phone and said they were in my, my bank and asked me to give my password and number, and it wasn't the bank, and they've taken... I, I'm really scared what they're going to take. I'm hoping that I can get it all back, but, you know... Um, and I was hoping to buy a car, you know, this week and, and all this. And and she's sincere. She's not asking for a handout or anything. She's just telling me what's going on in her life and even crying a little bit. And she knows I'm a pastor, and, and you know, so I'm just, like, telling her, First, I'm leading with empathy, like, oh, wow, that, I'm so sorry, that's rough. She's like, yeah, and I'm really, I'm fighting going back to using. I mean, I, I've been, you know, like a year clean, but this, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting it breaking me. So we get to the bank, and she needs to go into the bank, um, and so I have a little bit of time to pray to God because I'm going to take her back to, to her apartment. And I, and I got something for her. So she gets back in as, as we're going back, and I said, listen, I want you to know something. You are tougher than you think you are. You can handle this. I want you to think how much money you spent when you were using. She's like, oh, my gosh, I spent so much more than I even had in the account that I'm lost. And I was in a much worse spot. She's like, I've got everything covered. i got everything taken care of. I'm just disappointed that the money's gone. But she's like, thank you so much for pointing that out to me. And so um, when I drop her off, I hand her one of the valentine bags that we were handing out and i prayed for her and she's like lit up she was just like so grateful i directly attribute that to what god was pouring into me on sunday that i didn't even feel was happening sometimes we just don't know that it's happening but the fruit that comes afterwards is really what we're looking for what is god doing in us The last one then is let go of what isn't happening and grab onto what is happening. Fire, or what we really know is the Holy Spirit, does not always come the same way. And so if you're saying it has to come this way, in fact, the firefighters can tell you there are about at least six types of fires, and they may all be a little different a grease fire and a a flammable metal fire might look differently in scripture Holy Spirit comes as rain rivers, wind, oil, wine dove if I'm looking for fire and he wants to come as a dove I'm going to miss out and so I want to just take whatever he gives me I want to think on where he's going Here's the last scripture that I, I typically read every day. Philippians four eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if any, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I want to keep thinking about these things. I want to think about what is he in, not what am I missing out on. So I'm going to ask a. Our musician or whatever the the plan was to close to come on up I want to mention one last thing as as we get to this and then I I have a little closing I'd like to do Um, if I want to sum everything up today that will fit everyone in all five categories this will apply to you if you can remember these two steps you're going to be okay all that other stuff if you forget all that I know there's a lot of words up there If you forget that, but you remember these two things, you'll be okay. Thank you, Lord. More, please. If you will get those two things down, it doesn't matter if you weren't here. Thank you, God, that you poured out, and I wasn't there, but you you poured out here. Thank you, God. Now will you give us some more? I always want to lead with thank you. Before I go to more, I want to lead with thank you. I want to come in with thanksgiving. If, If I didn't get what I was hoping I would get but God poured out thank you God thank you that I can be here and and my life is so cushy that I can come in here and complain thank you like the issues that I'm dealing with are nothing compared to what most of the rest of the world is dealing with thank you so what I'd like you to do I want you to stand up right now and I'm going to call prayer teams up but we're going to start you can just start right where you are put your hands out in front of you like you're going to get a present you're going to get something now it's okay to ask him for something but just take whatever gift he gives you If if you're asking for an SUV and he gives you a Corvette, that'll be all right. It'll be okay. He knows what you need. And I want you to start by thinking, God, what am I already thankful for? What are the things that I am so blessed and thank you for? If you're watching at home, you can do this at the same time. There's nobody that can't find something to be thankful for. There's always somebody who's worse off than you are. So think about, God, What, what is it that I'm thankful for? I'm here. I can walk in. I'm in a, a, a country that still has more rights than most of the world have a group of believers around me i have family i have friends and then just ask the lord to pour out holy spirit i invite you to come right now just do what you want to do do what you will do in each person here today i pray that you you just bring your blessing and your touch in every way in the ways that match with each person here more lord more, Lord. Bless each person here in Jesus' name. Amen. If if there is something about pursuing the Lord that he he loves, and so I would invite you to come up and receive prayer from our prayer team, even if you're just wanting a, a new touch from him. The way that I typically am, if there's an altar call for a black, pregnant, left-handed woman, I'll probably respond to that altar call because I want God to give me something, right? I I don't want to miss out. So like when Aaron calls people to come up to the front, typically I will. So I want to invite you to do that, is just come and receive. There are people here who trained to pray for people and they want to bless you this morning. If you have a specific need, if you don't know Jesus... If you have not given your life to him, they'll help you. They'll lead you into that and how to do that. If you have a physical ailment or a life problem that you just need some prayer for, they would be happy to do that with you. Or if you would just like somebody to give you a word of encouragement from God, they can do that up here too. So I bless everyone in here. Uh, Feel free to come up if if you'd like to receive, receive some prayer. Otherwise, have a great afternoon. Go out and bless the world around you. Amen.